All right, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host Brandon with Matt Law. Uh, we're catching you between holidays, which is quite nice. Matt, don't you know that the season kicks off this weekend? What's going on? It always works out like yeah, but the season always starts and everything starts when my kids are start their school holidays, and I like to see them a little bit for for a little while at least. So yeah, you actually kind of catch me still sort of on holiday. I'm I'm kind of half working this week and as you say back off next week so i'm only doing the first game um so yeah yeah it's a funny funny little period for me but i'm i'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse whilst also getting some downtime which is which is good because you got to balance i mean your your job really never shuts off and it's not like you're eight to five close the laptop and go to bed so you know you you got to make it work uh pre-season we missed you. Obviously, we were running around the eastern yeah. side of the United States with Naz and Tom and Ben and Liam. Liam was a fun surprise. Yeah, I'm feeling very jealous. I'm feeling very jealous. I'm feeling like I'm getting pushed aside here. The <laughs> the, the new era is coming to get me. We uh, we'll we'll ship you over some Yingling so you can really understand the the beer of the East Coast. Uh, but anyways, pre- <laughs> preseason high level. Uh, know that you weren't watching the games and things like that, but you know you were there last summer with Tuchel, and it was just such a, a crazy one with all the commercial duties, the the public stuff. Um, geez, even just like the Tuchel vibes and stuff like that. Really different under Poch this summer. So, what did you hear or kind of see? Yeah, look, I've actually, funnily enough, I've, I'm catching up a little bit this week because um, I was properly away last week, and I spoke to somebody yesterday who said that. Pochettino's really, really happy. I know there's obviously been the Nkunku injury, but he, I did see from my break that he was keen to play down the pitch's influence in that. Um, and that that is clearly a big blow, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a minute. But I'm told that broadly Pochettino's very happy, that he was very pleased with the way it went. I know the ownership are definitely very happy with how it went. They thought it was a big success, both in terms of marketing and in terms of what happened on the pitch. They felt there was a better balance this season. Um, obviously, Chelsea went unbeaten, um, which which is much better than last season. So I think generally everyone's come out at all from what I gather and from my conversations quite positive, albeit with that that injury blow, which is quite a significant blow. Yeah, that uh, right at the very end is well, uh, just like it always happens. Um, I would say Poch had good vibes. Players are fit, wanted to play. You didn't have all the rumors of who's leaving because they left those players behind. Didn't even bring them. Unfortunately, Broya missed with injury, but the big ones are really the Lukaku Ziyech, I think, from a, from a squad composition standpoint. They didn't go, but we haven't really heard a lot about them. So we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with the league starting the season. Are they still on their own? Is Chelsea going to have to say, oh, I guess we're going to have to reintegrate them because they're on the books? Now we're in that really weird limbo state, I'd say. Look, certainly on Lukaku, I don't see him being reintegrated. I think Pochettino is quite keen for them to get sorted out as quickly as possible with, with him. There's not been an awful lot actually happening. There's been a lot of to and fro in. Remember the Saudi Arabia transfer window that runs into September rather than just the end of our traditional transfer window. So that there's, that's an option. But yeah, I think this this next couple of weeks or maybe even earlier, we'll, we'll start picking up something on, on Lukaku and ZH. They'll be really keen to move them out. I mean, there's a lot of work still to do. I'm not being critical here because I think they've done some good work, but I think Pochettino would still like three to four new players by the end of the window. Certainly two midfielders, one, maybe two offensive players. 
um, particularly obviously with that in Kunku injury news. And then I, I counted through it, and I think if you include sort of loans of young players, there's probably 10 outgoing deals possibly to do to get that squad then. Because if you're going to add another three to four onto that squad, you probably still then need to cut another about 10 to get Pochettino down to his 24-25 man squad that he's been talking about wanting. He doesn't want over that. So it's still going to be a busy, busy last three and a half weeks of the window or however long's exactly left of it. Um, incomings and outgoings, I think. Well, yeah, there's 29 players on the squad list with the numbers that came out today. And, and we'll touch on that to your point, like will Lewis Hall, Eddie Beach, Lucas Bergstrom, Mason Burso be there? Yeah, you know, and then we'll see Fafana's injured with the long term. See how they balance that. I mean, I don't like I said, like it's mainly Lukaku Ziyech. I don't think I'm missing anyone else. It's kind of like outside of the group, am I? Malang Saw. That's right. I he's think, just he just seems yeah. like a quiet, polite guy. So yeah, he's not making a fuss. Yeah, Hudson Adoy hasn't yep. hasn't actually moved yet. So there's four sort of senior what you'd call senior players there that they're they're very keen to to ship off who aren't going to be training with the main group. I think they'll all eventually end up going. And then you've got players like Trevor. Do they take a bid on Trevor? If they bring in the midfielders, what happens with Connor? Um, and then like a host of young players of whether they have them around the squad or whether they actually loan them out. But there's still, they've done good work and they've done a lot of work. But it, I mean, it shows the size of the task at the start of the summer that they've still probably got three to four incoming and possibly 10, 10 outgoing yet to do. Yeah, I, I would say, thankfully, I think, Minus the Lukaku Ziyech, the rest of the outgoings are probably fairly easier. We remember it wasn't that long ago that Todd Bowley wouldn't do any incoming transfers until Lukaku got sorted. He's pivoted this summer, and I shouldn't say him because obviously Badad's way more involved, the sporting directors are involved, yeah. but I should say he's a club. This is just drug on, and is it a player side? Is it a club side? Do you know? Is it always a mix of both? Because it seems like Lukaku's been putting a lot out there on his own. It's it's the inner side he's upset. Now Juventus side are upset. Like, no one seems to want him, unfortunately, even, <laughs> I don't know, right? Well, they do want him, They but they want him on their terms. And Chelsea have probably been a little bit more steadfast, certainly more than last summer, more than probably we expected. You know, they've absolutely cast iron so far, refused to entertain a loan deal otherwise he'd have already gone um and they have obviously we know that they rejected bids from from inter milan um off the top of my head actually because it already seems a long time ago i can't remember what the last the last bid for him was but they 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 rejected two you know permanent bids from inter milan before then the whole inter milan thing went weird because lukaku had started flirting with juventus behind their back that has obviously probably made the whole thing a bit trickier from Chelsea's point of view because they now don't have such a full market to try and have an auction. There's there's nobody really competing with one another because we know that Lukaku won't accept Saudi Arabia at the moment. Um, I think he'll only accept Saudi Arabia at any point that Juventus becomes completely impossible or Europe becomes completely impossible. So there's not really a an auction or or a competing market there anymore that's probably slowed things down. And also with Juventus, look, I got told a while ago that their their interest in Lukaku wasn't completely dependent on finding a buyer for Vlajevic, but 
the longer it goes on, the more you have to think that the two things are are actually quite linked. I would say that was probably one of the highlights of the the preseason when we were all together and we saw that Juventus wanted forty million plus Lukaku for Vlaovic. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think a lot of us shared a laugh over that and knowing like, look, we both have two underperforming strikers. I don't know where you think you're getting forty million from for this deal, but <laughs> sure, go ahead, put that one out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know who would get the better end of that deal. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not convinced that's a good deal to do. I mean, in terms of a straight swap, I know who would get the better end of 40 million plus uh, Lukaku for Vlajevic, for sure. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I would say, like you said, uh, I was looking through squad numbers. <sighs> you know what? Actually, I'm going to take our first break. When we get back, we'll go through the squad and squad numbers, and then we'll see where Chelsea fill in. Thank you to the sponsors. We'll be right back. All right, Matt, as I was saying, the squad numbers came out, which kind of gives us a good idea of, of where the team are. 29 players are listed here. I got to ask, you a big numbers guy? Do you read into these like I do? I'm, I'm, I read into this. No, I don't actually. I don't. I haven't, you know what? I haven't even properly checked them because I've been very busy today with the Kunku News. So I haven't actually checked them. Occasionally, it's interesting when a club like leaves the number nine open or in Chelsea's case, the curse number nine open or something like that. Interesting you bring that up. Do you think someone took the number nine or not? I'm going to guess. Did anyone take the number nine? I'm going to guess no. No, nobody did. We've got six, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12. No, no 12, 10, 11. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. glossed now, over it. Well, traditionally at most clubs, you would say that means a striker's joining. At most clubs, if the number nine's free, a striker is joining. But at Chelsea, because of that number nine shirt and because of what has happened with that number nine shirt, you do wonder whether it'll actually remain free and whether nobody will, nobody will want it. And Pochettino actually is, is quite a superstitious kind of... We, we've spoken about this a lot when he was joining um, and he's into sort of, you know, forces around nature and all that kind of thing and... It wouldn't shock me if nobody took it. So that that is an interesting one, the number nine. Um, but no, I mean, look, the, the the biggest obvious thing is that they can't have um, all those players remain at the club because they can't have a twenty-nine man squad. The three or four who might join, um, even with some of those obviously being youngsters who would who would be happy to sort of be around the squad, that's just not going to work. So the clearest thing is that's going to have to come down. Yeah. Uh, the, the four kind of at the bottom, you know, that are the big numbers, Mason Burstow, Lucas Bergstrom, Eddie Beach, Lewis Hall. Um, those are the ones you probably won't seen, but, you know, they're registered for the time being, whether they're dev squad loans, you kind of figure that out. I bet Eddie Beach is with the dev squad. I think Mason Burstow is going to be looking for minutes this season. And same thing with Lewis Hall. Matt, I am the biggest Lewis Hall fan, even in his little cameos. He is so good on the ball. He's just unfazed. Like, you could have Fulham players breathing down his neck, and he just can't be bothered. Like, he's he's just so calm and concerned. So I'd love to see if this Crystal Palace deal goes through and he could play um, uh, a decent amount of minutes this season so we could really get a good run out for him. But correct me if I'm wrong, Crystal Palace have Tyrone Ty Mitchell, don't they? So mm -hmm. that that one has always confused me slightly. Not because I don't I don't look, I, I know for sure that Crystal Palace like Lewis Hall and want Lewis Hall, but I do worry of how much football he would get and what he would be going in as because Tyrone Mitchell um is very highly rated at Crystal Palace. I know that for sure. Well, 
I mean, second choice right now beats being fourth choice behind Chilwell, Kukrea, and potentially Matson. So I, I hear you on that one. Maybe he feels like he's he's happy to take that fight on, but that's the only link that at least I've heard. And if, if it's Premier League and, and the training and, and whatnot, we'll see. Are there any other surprises? You said maybe Connor. You said maybe Trevo. But you look at this list. Leslie Ogachuku is still on here. Um, I'm looking at the teens and the higher numbers than that. Pochettino made it fairly clear that he expects him to go out on loan, didn't he? When he mm-hmm. was asked about his signing, I, I seem to remember that. Um, Bashir Humphreys is interesting. I hear that Bashir Humphreys has impressed Pochettino in training and behind the scenes. Um, and... Bashir Humphreys is, is interesting what will what will happen with him. Whether he's a younger player he'd like to keep around and maybe sell a more senior player, or, or whether they look for a loan with the real thought that next season he could come in and compete. But I think, from what I understand in, in pre-season, he might be one that's actually uh, surprised a few. Well, he didn't get a squad number, which isn't impossible, but he's not on this list. Uh, is not on the list. Um, so I'm trying to think like, what are the names that might move, you know, in, in off this list yeah. and we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what, what numbers Robert Sanchez taken? 31. So you got Keppa's one bets is 13 and Sanchez is 31. What do you make of this signing? Okay. Uh, I'm big on the conspiracy theory that this is us overpaying, uh, to get Caicedo versus paying a hundred for Caicedo, kind of like we paid extra for Cucurella just so we wouldn't lose Levi, and they were happy to take him on loan. But you're much more of a professional than I am. <laughs> nice, nice conspiracy theory. I think there's two two ways of cooking up probably nonsense theories. One is that conspiracy theory, and the other is the the other nonsense probably theory of. Um, Chelsea actually shooting themselves in the foot with Caicedo by actually giving Brighton more money and, and strengthening Brighton's financial position so that they don't have to accept bids for Caicedo with all this money coming in from, from Chelsea and, and for all these players. But yeah, look, I think I'm sure I mentioned on this show a while ago when we were talking about goalies and whether they were, were or were not going to move for goalie. I didn't say it with any great authority, but I'm sure I said I wouldn't be surprised if a Sanchez or a David Rea came up at some point because they were two available goalkeepers in in a bracket that Chelsea could probably get. I'm not at all surprised by Sanchez with the Ben Roberts link and Ben Roberts obviously still being at the club. I do question whether it's a bit of a fudge because we don't know who the number one is going to be. Is he demonstrably better than Kepa, is he demonstrably a step up? Maybe he will prove to be. I certainly don't think it's a bad signing and it's a great price. I mean, you don't get an awful lot in the Premier League for that price anymore. But I hope it doesn't end up being a bit of a fudge and we just end up with two sort of one and a halves <laughs> rather than a proper number one or, or any proper improvement because there needs to be an improvement in that. He's, he's, he's a big guy and he's six foot six and I do like that because... I do think Chelsea have lacked some height, and I, I, I do like the fact that he's a big guy. So I would say a couple of cheeky points here. He is homegrown, so he checks that box, which is great. Um, downside, you're picking him up after his worst season, not after his two back-to-back good seasons. So you know there's a goalkeeper in there, but you're picking him up, you know, kind of when he's kind of at, at a bad off a bad season, got replaced. I think he can go toe-to-toe. Uh, Tony Jimenez, I'm not sure how sold he is on Kepa. If nothing else, 
uh, Robert Sanchez is going to come in and compete for the number one. So I think at a minimum, you're going to have uh, probably a little bit of a, a grab for it. I think it'll be Kepa to start his to lose. But if he lets in a couple soft goals, Sanchez is going to get tossed in, I think, um, which which yeah. I could see. Seven-year deal, right? I was kind of surprised by that. My only concern is Kepa's done in 2025. Sanchez is now seven-year deal. I think everyone's concerned of you got to get rid of one of them so you can go get who you want in the long run. I do understand this is a bridge, but um, seven-year deal. Kind of surprised. That just seems to be a minimum six with this ownership group. It's just that's how they play it. And he's <laughs> only about 20. Say. He's only 25, I guess. So, Yeah. Yeah. They obviously feel he's going to look like they've got him at a very good price. You don't get much in the Premier League for that price anymore. They, they obviously feel that whatever um, he will put on value um, and therefore whether he, he – becomes the number one and stays long term or whether uh, as you say at some point they look at selling one of them he will only put on you would imagine he will only put on some value he's probably already worth 10 million more today than he was when when Chelsea bought him because they they bought him as a distressed asset because he dropped number two at Brighton but I what I do they needed a goalkeeper I mean they, they couldn't go in with I think we discussed it and sort of laughed about it on the show of the prospect of Bettinelli being number two and, and maybe Selena or another kid being three, that would have just been crazy. So, yeah, let's give him a chance. Let's see. Yeah, two homegrown spots filled by the goalkeepers is actually a, a good squad composition play. Uh, speaking of Slonina, it looks like he's going to be heading to the Belgian side, KAS Open today. So he's going to get minutes in a good, I mean, people seem to think a pretty good league. So uh, you just got to play as a goalkeeper. That is the most important thing. Um. Yeah. His his fellow compatriot, you said Moises Casado. Let me say Tyler Adams, Matt Law. Yeah, Tyler Adams. It, it, this has sort of emerged over the past week, and like I say, coming back to to a bit of work this week and making calls, it really feels like they're they are going to get this one done. Um, I think there's quite a lot of confidence around it. I'm not sure that the release clause is quite as low as quoted, but I think it's in that region. Um, but there is a clause for sure, so that makes it. Quite an easy deal to do. Tyler Adams, I'm told, out of his options. And I think he's got quite a lot of options because of at that price and with his experience with the international team, he's, he's quite um, an attractive option for a lot of clubs. But I'm told that his preference would be Chelsea. Um, I would expect this to happen. My only question mark around it is he's injured. And we're talking about so many injured Chelsea players. And I don't think it's meant to be a long-term particularly long-term injury. I think there's hope he'll be back in September or something. But it would be still signing an injured player, which would be a little bit of a shame. But 20-year-old, I think he's 24-year-old, probably £25 million, very, very energetic, can play in a few different roles in midfield, can even fill in as a sort of wing-back when, when, when needed, although I'm not sure he would be needed at that with Chelsea. I think he's captained America. Um, you would know that better than I. So he's got leadership qualities. I, I quite like it. I quite like it. It's probably not one to set pulses racing, and he's probably not someone who's necessarily going to be guaranteed a start every week to start with, but I, I quite like it. Yeah, so a couple things there. Um, he he was the captain over Christian Pulisic. Um he was by far our best player in the World Cup. Take that however you want. And he is a He was leader. superb against England. Yeah, he was superb against England. I mean, I was at that game and he, he had an absolutely superb game. And I do like the fact that, um, you know, let's face it, 
this new Chelsea strategy doesn't usually involve buying an awful lot of Premier League experience right now. It doesn't it doesn't involve buying a lot of leadership and experience because of the, the the age of the most of the players and the leagues they've played in. And so even though Tyler Adams is actually still quite young and 24, to have someone with some Premier League experience, international experience, in, experience of captaining a team, I like that because that's something I think that Chelsea are are lacking a little bit because of the way the strategy has gone with the transfers. Yeah, he's got an an engine. He can run forever, and he's that guy mentality monster, uh, loves the pain, loves the sacrifice type of a deal. Looks like on Twitter, um, Tyler Adams is training off to the side and will be back with the squad in two weeks is his current kind of track on that. So, uh, you know, not, not the worst. Uh, Elise's been tossed in the mix as well. Uh, someone they're looking to bring in as a wide winger. It looks like Kudus is potentially off the table. But I said that, and someone's like, no, 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 no. There's still an option. So I don't know how much you've heard on them. You probably know more about Elise just being a more of a London-based player. Yeah, look, Elise's got a clause in his contract too, but I'm told it's a complicated clause. It's not as simple as paying £35 million and you've got the player. I don't understand sometimes how these clauses work, but there's, there's some sort of negotiation clause, but it's not as easy as just triggering it. Um, again... Like Tyler Adams, I'm told that he would be keen on, on moving to Chelsea. But I'm a bit wary on it. He is in he's had surgery. He's definitely out until mid-September. I think Chelsea are probably looking around a little bit. They, they, he's certainly on the radar. I'm not convinced they're gonna jump at it with an injured player while he's out for probably another two, two months, something like that. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's one, yeah, 50-50 on whether that one might actually go anywhere, but there's certainly interest in him and he's he's a good player. Um, his brother is at Chelsea as well. Um, his his brother, I think, is, is it Richard Elise? I think he's, he's, at the, he's on the books of Chelsea. Um, and then a bit like you just said, actually, I've been told, despite what Brighton have agreed, not to fully write that one off yet. Chelsea have certainly sniffed around him, like him, attacking midfielder. Um, and until anything is actually done with Brighton, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cross that one off the list at the moment. I think they're going to be now with the Nkunku thing, going to be looking at a lot of those sort of number tenny possibility type attacking midfielders. They were after at least one offensive player, but maybe more a striker type before the Nkunku news anyway. So whether it becomes a striker and an offensive um, sort of midfielder or whether they try to find someone who can almost play both and sort of deviate on the targets a a little bit, we'll we'll wait to see. But I do think they will try very hard to bring in at least one, if not two, offensive players, not just because of the Nkunku news, but obviously... Um, slightly impacted by that Nkunku news. Yeah, I think, you know, Nkunku could definitely flex in a few different positions, but yeah, without him, I mean, Carney's there, maybe Connor, you know, that's not Connor's natural position. I wonder, do you think Elise could play more central as a 10? Because, I mean, he's just so shifty and good on he the can ball do. and creative. Yeah. He can do, but he can also, you know, he can also move out to wing and allow someone like Raheem or someone else to play number 10. You know, you can create things there. But I, I, Elise certainly can play number 10 if if wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd just be a little bit wary of that one at the moment. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to be looking at all these things and, and clearly the Nkunku 
news will have slightly impacted just how they're looking at it because maybe before they were looking at more of a striker type and now maybe they've they've got that eye on and Kunku's more natural number 10 position as well as being able to play up front will we'll see that I mean the, the bonus is is that I'm, and I haven't seen a lot of him apart from the goals is everyone was very impressed with Nicholas Jackson in, in pre-season I'm told that Pochettino's very happy with Nicholas Jackson um, I'm always a bit wary to, to get too excited on players in pre-season because I've I've made that mistake before with my own club and other clubs, not just Chelsea. Um, but there's let, let's say there's good vibes around Nick Jackson at the moment, so um, that's positive. They most definitely are. We're going to take our last ad break when we get back. Uh, let's tie off on all of these signings. Thank the sponsors, and we'll bear it back. Yes, lots of positive momentum around Nico Jackson. Um, Matt, the guy likes to run. He runs the channels. He will tackle back. But, you know, he's like Fernando Torres, clumsy in the tackle back. You know, it's not his strong suit. He loves to get in and amongst it, is really good at dragging players around, which opened up space for the likes of Mudrick and and um, Matson. But holy smokes, that goal that he had... Who did he combine? Oh, Mudrick. Him and Mudrick combining for Mudrick's goal in in Philly was phenomenal. So clearly he can almost do that Olivier Giroud-esque role where Eden Hazard would just play one-twos with Ollie. Uh, Nico Jackson, a little bit of the same from him. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll be a different test in the Premier League. I don't want to dampen, dampen positivity, but it will be a different test in the Premier League. And... I expect him to be streaky. I expect him to go through some very hot, good patches and probably have some quiet patches. And I think that's probably only fair of a young player with not an awful lot of first-team experience coming into to the Premier League. If you, Unless you're called Erling Haaland, there's not many too many young strikers who come into the Premier League and, and manage to keep it going through an entire season, which is why I can see that, that Chelsea is still looking at striker options because they will expect dips from him I think and they will fully accept dips from him as well um but yeah he could what it does look good though he looks in good condition to start the season well you know and 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 maybe make a real impact at the start of the season and then it's just physically whether you can keep it going keep it going mentally keep it going but like I say there's 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 a good I question that signing and I'll be really interested to see how it plays out but certainly um, there's a lot of positivity around him at the moment. Ian Monson's another name. He impressed so well. But even when we interviewed with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, like he kind of left the door open that Monson might be leaving. Do, have you heard anything about him on like Potch's plans for him, what he's going to do? Because I will say he didn't play any minutes in a defensive position. Even Lewis Hall played more left back than Matson. He was in attacking positions. He played left wing, right wing, and the number 10 throughout preseason. Well, that's that's the interesting point. That, and that's the interesting thing I've heard, that if Ian Matson stays around the squad, maybe it won't be as a left back. Um, maybe, maybe he will play, or maybe he will take up, if he were to stay around, actually take up a different sort of squad position rather than counting them as one of four left-backs or three left-backs or whatever it turns out. He will want game time, though. The, the, the situation away from Chil- Chilwell is guaranteed, but the situation around Cucurella, Matson, and Lewis Hall is, is very, very interesting. I would imagine if Matson went anywhere, it would be very late in the window once Chelsea are sure about a few 
injuries and other things and form and stuff like that. But the one thing that I've heard about Matson totally ties into your point is that don't necessarily just consider him a left back under Pochettino. Well, I mean, they can't. They literally didn't play him there. <laughs> but when he goes bags, what, <laughs> three goals, three assists? I mean, what else could he do? I mean, the man was everywhere. He was fit. He was looking good. Um, I'm just hoping to see that, uh, um, you know, he's he's around, right? And that he's he's involved because he was so, so, so good. Um, so, you know. But then I, the, the problem with that is, you know, Chelsea have, do have a lot of sort of wide... You know, you've got Mudrich, you've got Sterling, you've got Nonny. I know Ziyech is going to go. Another offensive player is going to come in who might be able to come in off a, off a flank. You know, they've got a lot of sort of wingish type players as well. Um, so he will have a lot of competition there too. So, yeah, it will be very interesting. So I couldn't call it at the moment. I really couldn't call it. But he's put himself in a good position because he'll either stay at Chelsea with a, with a decent role or he'll get himself a very good move on the on the back of what he did last season and also pre-season form when you say move we talking loan or permanent or it seems like the club hierarchy are still open to selling some of these promising young players whether it be connor trevor and maybe i heard some rumblings about ian Matson, which i think as us as fans we would just be very surprised at yeah but you can do deals within that can't you i mean you can do buyback clauses you can do first option clauses you, there, there are ways of 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 protecting yourself even if you do sell him so look i think they have to be they'd have to be open to a, a very good offer if they don't think he's going to play because they at the end of the day that squad's too big um and they can't just swallow it all up so maybe one one way would be to sell him with a buyback i'm not saying that will happen but i'm also not ruling ruling that out either interestingly tino livramento has just completed his move to newcastle uh, today, I think Chelsea gets fifty percent of the profit on that from the clause they put in. They put a sell-on clause of the profit, so I think they sold him for about four. So they should make a nice, tidy little profit on that Tino Livramento deal going to Newcastle. I know lots of fans are still a little bit sore of the fact he left in the first place, but it was a sensible clause to put in. Well, I mean, I guess right. That's how that's how it'll shake out. Um, the, so I guess if, if you're not going to give me any surprises, which is fine, cause it's, it's where we're at right now. I don't know what would constitute a surprise, to be honest with you. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised by anything at Chelsea anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know how I would constitute a surprise for you. Um, I'll have to look at it and see if I can find a surprise, but yeah, it's no, no, nothing surprised me with Chelsea. I, I don't need a surprise. I'm just waiting for it. So then the there's pretty much one thing left that Poch has to get done before Sunday. He's got to Go name a, he's got to name a captain. Captain. It feels like it's down to two people, doesn't it? Well, two people raised the the preseason Premier League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> before the tour, I I was thinking it was going to be Thiago. Um I'd I'd heard that Pochettino was leaning heavily on Thiago, like all the managers end up doing, to be honest with you. And that we, He was incredibly impressed with his attitude and his professionalism. So I was leaning towards Thiago. But it, it was interesting that, that Reese, I think, took the armband a bit more in pre-season. Maybe, though, that was just preparing Reese for the future a bit. Um, and then Thiago sort of takes it. I, I would still be slightly surprised if it wasn't Thiago. If, if you're asking me to put my money anywhere, I'm going to go Thiago. But I know, I mean, I wrote it last last year and we all know that 
that whatever happens, Reese James is going to end up being Chelsea captain because he's been properly uh, primed for that role. He's been groomed for that role. He wants that role. He's made that clear. If he's not the captain this time, I'm sure he'd be the vice captain, which would end up with him captaining the team a lot because Thiago, I don't think, will play every game. And obviously, very good chance then of being t- captain next season. But I, I would just think maybe Thiago for this season. But close run thing, clearly. Well, what about Chilwell? He gave that really good interview, said he wants to be in the discussion as well. Yeah, he should be, actually. It's probably unfair I haven't mentioned him. He should be. He should be. He's um, He has actually developed into a bit of a surprise leader within that group. He's got a great attitude, uh, great consistency of performance. Um, yeah, and, and he's actually in a squad where you don't see too many leaders, I, I think, he actually probably is one with him. So it's probably unfair I haven't put him into the mix. Maybe I'd be slightly more surprised on him, but only maybe because I've overlooked him myself a little bit. Well, I mean, he's definitely put himself among the conversation. Like I said, he's put on weight. He looks fit. Um, the way he bombs down the the left wing, he he had a lot of space because Ian would cut in and, and Ben just had all that space. But he, good interview he put out, right? He, he definitely staked his claim. And at the end of the day, you need players that want responsibility, right? That they they want to take that on, aren't afraid of it. So um, I think that'll be good to see. I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I would say is that I, I think his priority has to be to try and avoid a big injury this season, um, because that's that's the only question mark on Chilwell. A bit like with Reese, with both the fullbacks, but can he can he get through? I mean, I'm not saying no injuries, but can he get through the season without a? A big injury. That's what we want to see from Ben this this season. Correct, which is obviously a, a big thing over the last couple of seasons. So what I'd say, lastly, in Kunku's out four weeks, uh, or I'm sorry, four months, four six, months. sixteen <laughs> weeks. Uh, it sounds like he had his operation. Uh, we remember with Chilwell, the club waited. They're like, hey, we might be able to get through it. Then they finally shut him down. Uh, after over a month of trying, it looks like they just went for the fix right away with Kunku. Obviously, updates on him and then any updates on the medical staff as we enter a new season. We had the injuries at the end of last season and we're going into this one. It's a bit of a hot button issue. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough one to 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 actually properly put down as to how much is down to bad luck and how much is, is, is down to medical department and, and other things. I'm, I'm reluctant to point without knowing things behind the scenes and there's there's no way I could know on certain medical issues so I will I will dodge kind of apportioning blame well have there been any like new hirings like new doctors new physios if like new staff come in I guess that's what I meant not <laughs> is well, someone well, to blame the, the guy that I, I, I mean funnily enough um I for, I've forgotten his name but the guy who was at Chelsea who went to Tottenham and has come back to Chelsea hasn't he um who basically took over from Eva Carnero for a while and went to work with Pochettino at Tottenham and has now come back to Chelsea. I've forgotten his name. Um, but they have they have brought in a new physio, yes, and they've made lots of changes behind the scenes to the medical. I mean, look, Wesley Fofana does his ACL. Some suggestion that may have even happened on holiday. Um, then you've got this one within Cuckoo. Some people want to blame the pitch. Pochettino didn't want to blame the pitch. As you say, they've they've operated on him quickly. I do wonder whether that's also partly because 
I think it was the same knee he injured and missed the World Cup with with France. So whether you don't take any risks because of that, it's 16 weeks. I think I worked out that that's sort of just over three and a half months before he's even going to train. So he's not going to play till December. That's why I say it's. I do even if people have got small injuries, just with the way Chelsea's injuries have gone over the last few years, it, it would make me slightly worried about signing injured players. Um, so it's it's something that's driven the club mad for a long time, of way too many injuries, and it's it's partly down to bad luck. It's partly obviously down to a lot of change in the medical thing. I think players have to take some personal responsibility sometimes. I'm not saying either of the latest injuries are necessarily anyone's fault, but I think in the past, maybe players could have taken a bit more responsibility over their bodies. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, but you, you hope, you hope and you pray that it's not a prelude to another season that's just dominated by injuries and injuries and injuries. And, I talked about him just now, Chilwell, particularly those fullbacks. I mean, the fullbacks for, for Pochettino are massive. Um, and if they could keep, keep Reese and Chilwell basically fit for a season, that, that would be huge for Pochettino. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very unfortunate way to, to start the season. And it's obviously, you know, it's, it's altered plans. They brought in a new defender. They're having to look at things on offensive players, as we've just discussed. It has slightly altered plans and slightly caused complications to their squad building and also what they're probably planning to do with outs as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, hmm, yeah, bit of a bit of a bummer there. We just, you know, want to get it, get it sorted and get it figured out. We've got definitely a, a, a good crop, but you know, uh, Chelsea are going to always beat their best when Chilwell and, and James are bombing down the flanks and obviously lose Fofana you know, maybe it forced them to bring into Sassi, which you wouldn't have done before that. But interesting changes. Uh, I'm trying to create the squad depth, so I'll send you this and see how it looks. But uh, Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, sneaking us in between your holidays. and uh, No, it's good. It's what, what are you doing predictions? Well, I thought about it, but, you know, I just... I'm. I don't know. I'm really. I'm really worried. I mean, I got your captain. Really, that was one of our big predictions. The other ones we did was where do you think Chelsea will finish top eight, top six, top four, top two, and then who do you think will be the top goal scorer? Come on, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are you going for? Well, Potch, he has to go top four, right? I think with the squad, he has, that to, has go to go top four. I th well, I think that's what he's going to tell wow. the squad is the aim, right? So yeah, here's what yeah, I would yeah. say. I would take top six. You have a young squad. I think in preseason, there were days where the average squad age was 21, and that included Thiago Silva. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. young team, I would take top six in a domestic cup. I think that would be a huge first season for Poch, even if it is the League Cup. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think top six would be a, a, a very, very decent season. And if they won a cup, I think it'd actually be a, an excellent first season. Um you got to remember these days that, you know, Man City try and win it all. They don't ease off on any of them. So winning any cup isn't easy uh, at all. I, I think, yeah, top six is good. I think top four will be really difficult for them, really difficult. Just with that slight lack of experience, the fact that it's a completely new squad. I think the fact that some days they're going to look, some weeks are going to look absolutely sensational. I think you're going to have to accept that some weeks... There's going to be dips and, and strange results. So, yeah, I would I would go along with that. I think top four is probably out of their reach. But I agree that that's what Pochettino will be telling them. And for sure, he'll be he'll himself be aiming for that. Yeah. 
Well, I think that would be the big one. You know, I, I had Nkunku as top goal scorer because I thought he might take penalties. That's completely gone, so it's all back to Nico Jackson. I don't know even who's going to be the penalty taker. I, I think they're going to, can I say it this way? They're going to Harry Kane it and give it to Nico Jackson just so he can bag as many goals as he can. I mean, I had Nkunku as my player to watch in the Premier League this season, and I've had to change. I really fancied, I thought that he he would really, proved to be an excellent signing and I'm sure he still will but obviously we're now gonna to have to wait an awfully long time to see him so it's kind of ruined my one of my big predictions for the season as well because I was very excited about him yeah the penalty penalty situation is actually a really interesting one isn't it so I hadn't thought about that about who might who might take the penalties for them next season um yeah does Nico Jackson do we know if Nico Jackson takes penalties I don't know if he takes penalties I'm gonna to have to start looking into this Right. Well, I mean, he only played a handful of, of, you know, matches right at the end of the last season for VRL. So I'm on a good old FB ref. Uh, He did not take any penalties last year and he hasn't since 2020. So it might be a new thing for him. Let me pull up all competitions in case in Senegal. No, according to this, his time in Spain has done absolutely nothing for penalties, none for international cups, and none for his national team. Right. I know Sterling needs to have a very dodgy penalty record for Manchester City. I wouldn't want Sterling on penalties particularly. I I, I really like the way Reese strikes a ball and his confidence. I'd like to see Reese Reese take a penalty. I mean, he has. Think, we've we've seen him do it. He's yeah. cool, calm, collected. Yeah. Well, this is it. He's he's got nerves of steel. That kid. He doesn't. Nothing phases him, and he's got a lovely, lovely technique on striking the ball. Yeah. So I'd be more than happy to see Reese step up on on penalties, and I'd imagine he'd quite want to. To be honest with you, I I agree. I think he's going to want to do as much as he can in this squad, which is phenomenal. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, Matt. Well, enjoy your Premier League kickoff weekend. Obviously, jumping in, taking in all the sights and sounds at Arsenal. Uh, we'll be back with you, you know, probably in a couple of weeks as the transfer window starts to wrap up. Definitely want to keep a pulse on that. But uh, enjoy your time off. Enjoy the time with the family. Appreciate you jumping in here. And we'll uh, we'll see how these predictions shake out, huh? <laughs> Cheers, Brendan. All right. I got more content coming at you, as always, Chelsea fans. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.